welcome to our Phobia workshop. Thank you. Christmas oh. is coming, and as you know, it has a lot to do with uh, social interactions. So oh, yes. we have family gatherings, we have business events, we have um, Christmas dinners, so it will be better to go there without any phobia. Oh, yes. Okay? My name is Daniel, I have a phobia myself. I am afraid of the word which is spelled A-H-E-H -E exclamation mark. That word. But let's talk about you. Um, starting with you. Hello, I'm Jim, and I have a really bad phobia of apologies. Sorry? <laughs> you, are, you are afraid of apologies? Yes. Oh, I'm, re I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, any apology? Yes. Okay, then let's try to avoid it. Huh? Oh, okay. thank you. <laughs> uh, what's about you? I'm Carl. Hi, Carl. And I'm, I have a phobia of repetition. Oh, you have a phobia of rep... Oh, almost said it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry. Who are you? I am Elia. I have a phobia of awkward silence. How long does this silence need to be? Now, that was borderline. <laughs> okay, so let's try the conversation flowing, uh, shall we? Uh, like yes. at the Christmas table, yeah, okay. <laughs> flowing. Christmas oh. table. I'm Tom. I know Hi, Tom. I'm a bit lame, sorry. It's <laughs> 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 uh, no problem. Everything is easy. I just want to introduce uh, the people to you, okay? And this is Carl. He has a fear of repetition. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Uh, I have a phobia of other people's phobia. If they show their phobia, I turn into Santa Claus. Uh, okay, maybe we should have looked at this in a personal session, but it's okay, you're here now. My name is Daniel, I have a phobia myself. I'm afraid of the word which is spelled A-H-E-H exclamation mark. That word. And this is Leah, she has a, a phobia of awkward silences. Yeah, then let's try to keep the conversation going like on a Christmas table. <laughs> <laughs> he already said that. Sorry. <laughs> Um, can we make some progress, please? Uh, Christmas is right around the corner, okay? Uh, please. Uh, this is Jim. He is afraid of apologies. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, Jim, um, why don't you tell us how it started with your phobia? Okay. Um, it all started... Uh, when I hung my grandmother's Christmas tree balls on my ears. Sorry. Enough. I'm off. Mate, what? oh. What? Where what are you going? Okay, <laughs> we will continue, but first I need to go to the restrooms, okay? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> 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 
Well, I think these guys have serious anxiety problems. Anxiety disorder called phobia. And uh, phobia, if you look a bit closer at it, it is uh, anxiety, uh, excessive anxiety that is uh, di um, directed to things or words or situations and without any external uh, danger it triggers a reaction. That's what we uh, saw in this group. Uh, maybe some of you um, have some um, phobias like uh, arachnophobia, you know, maybe arachnophobia, you know, like fear of spiders. This is like one phobia. My wife has a very um, bad fear of spiders. And uh, so you might have uh, fears, you might have some, some of these issues and need to be part of a group like uh, the group that we saw uh, this evening here on stage. So our series is about fear and it's called No Fear. No Fear. And as we have seen uh, this uh, evening, there are some irrational, pathological fears. But there are also some life-saving appropriate fears, actually. You need to know that fear is a feeling that has an important function for our protection and survival. So fear is not um, like a feeling that is for nothing. It's something important, actually, that we have this feeling that helps us protect us in dangerous situations. This sharpens our senses and makes our physical strength ready to confront dangerous situation. This is why we have this fear or anxiety feelings. And the definition says that fear provokes an appropriate behavior in a situation of actual or supposed Danger, And when we talk about danger, it's not just a danger uh, like a, a, a physical danger. It can be a danger of uh, not knowing what the future holds or what people think about you. This situation where we feel insecure and we, we feel some anxiety and fear to move into this situation because we're not quite sure about the outcome of things. And when we look at that, the reaction that we usually have in this fearful situation is twofold. It's either fight or flight. So either it makes us ready to fight the situation, to, to prepare to go into the situation that looks dangerous, or we flee. We fly out of the situation. We can, we can observe that uh, in, the, in the animal kingdom. I have two cats at home. And so my cats, if they come into a dangerous situation, for instance, there's a dog entering our garden. So there's either fight, and you know what I mean, the dogs, they're scared about cats, cat fight. Or they flee. They just pew, they just go away. So that's the two situations that we see in the animal kingdom. Of course, if you look like this cat, you probably don't have to do anything. You just stay there and people will just go. This is the official ugliest cat 2018. I just thought I just want to give you this. So maybe you have a cat yourself and you feel a little bit, I don't know, maybe you feel your cat is not so pretty. Download this picture, you will be happy with your cat forever. So in the Christmas story, we're talking about the Christmas story over these uh, couple of Sundays, there is 
a person, we encounter a person who also faced a personally threatening or dangerous situation. A situation where he didn't really know what would happen and what the future would hold. And this person is Joseph, Mary's fiancé. And we read the situation in Matthew 1.18. Let's turn to this verse. It says there, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged or engaged, in other translation, to be married to Joseph, but before they came together or uh, before they slept together, in other translations, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, let's pause for a moment and let's take off our religious glasses. Sometimes, you know, we know this story. We have heard the story of Christmas. We know Joseph and Mary and all this thing. And so we tend to overread these passages and don't think too much about the actual situation that this is describing. So let's try to put yourself in Joseph's shoes. He's engaged to Mary. And you must know in the time of the Bible, to be engaged was more than an engagement is today. Engaged meant it's binding. It's a binding agreement. It was like marriage. When you were engaged, the marriage celebration was just the consummation of this binding agreement that you went when you engaged to someone. So they are engaged. And now Mary comes one day and says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And they never had slept together. So he knew from this moment, it was not me. And so this is the shocking truth that is revealed to Joseph and he's still battling with this. And then Mary says, you know what? It was the Holy Spirit. Sounds like some lame excuse. You know, and I ask my kids who did that? Yeah, it was the Holy Spirit. You can always blame everything on the Holy Spirit. And you must know Mary was the daughter of a priest. You know, the pastor's kids, daughter of a priest. Maybe people thought, well, this girl, she did her parties. I don't know. But think about this moment where Joseph hears from his fiancée, hey, I'm pregnant, not from you. It was the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Think about that. I think Joseph, for him, it was, not a, it was not easy. Like, he heard that and he thought, what? How on earth can this be true? And his first reaction, when we go into the text, we see his first reaction was, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. In these two situations, fight or flight, he decided to flee out, to sneak out of the story. And we read that in the next verse, it says here, because Joseph, her husband, and it says here husband, but they're not married yet, so, you know, engaged, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And so you see here, probably the pressure was too high on Joseph in this situation. I mean, if you were 
a man following the law, and that was, Joseph was a faithful man. He was not just some kind of man. He was a faithful man. He loved God. He lived after God's law. And in that time, if you married an adulteress, you were called an adulterer yourself. So probably Joseph, after Mary revealed him this story, was thinking about his future. What will people say? What will people think about me, about us? What about my future? What about my dreams, my vision, my job, my whatever his plans were, they were here all on the line. And the question was, do I fight? Do I go into that? Or do I sneak out of the situation? And as we read in the last verse, he decided to divorce her quietly. Now, what does that mean? Joseph had two options. He could, on the one hand, make the things public and start a trial for adultery. That was a usual thing. If a woman was caught in adultery, we have another story in the Bible telling us about that, then you would make it public and put the woman to public disgrace. And I even read in a commentary that because Mary was the daughter of a priest, she could well be burned alive for this sin. So this was a serious matter because they were engaged. It was a binding agreement. It was not just friendship. They were like married, so she was an adulteress. But it says here because Joseph was a man of faith, he decided to do it quietly. And what does that mean? Uh, the second option was to, um, to have a divorce letter signed by two witnesses, and this would then uh, dissolve this engagement quietly. That means that you would not do too much of a noise, and probably Joseph thought, okay, if I want my life to continue, like it was, like my goals, the way that I see my life moving forward, this is probably the better option. So I can go on with my life and marry, I mean, she will be looked after, I mean, God is the father of her child. So it's not too bad for that. So probably Joseph was wrestling with this thought. We don't know how long Joseph rested with this thought. We just read in the next verse, but after he had considered this, or in other translation it says, but as Joseph was thinking about this. You know, I imagine Joseph laying in his bed at night. And I don't know how it is with you, but when I feel under pressure, when I have pressure coming on me through my job, through my relationship through my marriage or my kids or, or whatever happens in my life, sometimes when I'm under pressure, it, it, it takes my sleep away. I can't sleep at night. I just lay there in my bed and I think all these crazy thoughts and I think everything is going wrong in my life. So probably Joseph was laying in his bed. Maybe he was, he was wrestling with God because he was a faithful man. You understand? He, he tried to live a faithful life with God. And now God puts him in this situation. And maybe he was laying there and saying, God, 
How come that this happened? I mean, Mary, she told me that she's pregnant from you. And as he was thinking about this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So at least he had a confirmation in his dream. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And here again, let's think about this situation. So Joseph is there wrestling with this question. Should I fight? Should I fight? Should I trust God in this? Or should I sneak out and live my life and hope that somehow I'll find another wife and can fulfill my dreams? These were the two options. And now the angel of the Lord tells him, hey, what Mary told you is true. She's pregnant from the Holy Spirit. And then he woke up in the morning. But do you know what? He woke up in the morning, but the situation was unchanged. Of course God had, has talked to him and told him that actually she's pregnant from the Holy Spirit. But when he woke up in the morning, it was still the same situation. And the gossip of people probably wouldn't just stop now that Joseph says, hey, an angel told me this story is true. You know, I think that we all face situations where we know we have to take a step. We have to take a step of faith. We might feel it. We might know that it's true. And we have maybe people who confirmed it. We have God who spoke maybe in a dream. Maybe you experienced the same thing that God spoke to you that maybe through a prophet or through your pastor or in your small group and people confirmed exactly what you feel in your heart. But still, there's fear involved, anxiety, because you're not quite sure what the next step will bring. And I think this is exactly the situation of Joseph. You know, when he woke up this morning, fear not just disappeared, but he encountered God. And he knew, okay, God is with me in this situation. You know, yesterday I read on the internet that the most liked Bible verse this year in the YouVersion app. You know, the YouVersion app on your smartphone, most of you have this app probably. It's the most used Bible app in the world. And they said the most liked and shared Bible verse this year, 2018, is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the most liked verse. And you know what this tells me? That we are all in this daily, probably, situations of 
anxiety and fear and not knowing what the next step is. But what God says is, it's not that we don't have to fear. There will always be fear involved in our life. This is a feeling that we just can't take away. But the, the, the question is, do, ya, do, do I act upon my fear or do I act with God who gives me faith to take step in, in spite of my fear? This is the thing. This is called faith. And so it says there in Matthew 1:24, when Jesus, Jesus, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. When Joseph woke up, the situation had not changed. The challenge was still here. He had still, he had to face his critics. He had to face his friends who probably thought that he was foolish to marry this girl. This had not changed. But what had changed is that he knew that God was in this situation. And this gave him strength to take the steps. I think there are two lessons in this passage that we can learn from Joseph. The first one is the following. If you are not ready to be criticized for your obedience, you are also not ready to be used by God. I think that walking in faith as Christians involves the criticism of people around us. We are not called to be mainstream. We are not called to just go with the flow. There are moments where you will stand out and speak or act upon your beliefs and people around you will think, you're crazy? You know, I just thought about that exactly 15 years ago, exactly on the day 15 years ago, my wife and I, we decided to resign our jobs here in Switzerland. We both had good jobs. I was in the, in the business I was in the consume industry and we decided to, to resign our jobs and go to Australia to a Bible college. Exactly 15 years ago. And I remember the day where I told my boss that I resigned my job and he asked me, oh, okay, where are you going? You're moving on. I mean, I was 32. I was in my best years to start my career in business. I had different offers. And probably he was expecting me to say, oh yeah, you know, wow. Now it's three times uh, what I did here. Uh, I have a private jet. Uh, yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm going to Bible college. And he looked at me and said, what are you doing? Bible college? This doesn't make sense. And I remember that even my parents that day, when they heard that, they thought, are you sure? I mean, you studied, you, 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 you had your MBA and you, you worked and you're successful and now you just let everything go and you move to Australia. Are you really sure? And I remember that it was not so easy to face this in these moments and it made you think, okay, did I really hear God's voice or was it some other voice that I heard somewhere? But you know, there are some moments where you decide to act upon the voice of God 
and you decide to be obedient, even if people around you criticize you or try to speak this out of you. I think this is so important. We see this in the life of Joseph. He just trusted that God was in this situation and that even though this situation didn't make any sense in the natural, that God would lead him through. And the second lesson I think we can learn from Joseph is the following. You know, Joseph is now known as the father of Jesus, the savior of the world. And so we read this story now in 2018 and we're still reading the whole world knows about Joseph. But in that time where he took this decision, God didn't give him any details. It was just, trust me. I'm into this. So I think that God's extraordinary work often begins with a simple and unspectacular step of faith. And I think that we don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. I think we don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You know why? Because I think that the only thing that we often can bear is just the next step. Because the steps that come after that, we couldn't handle. You know, when my wife and me, we decided to go to Australia, we decided to go for just one year. So we go for one year, then we're coming back, and everything will continue in the same way. You know that? So we took this step. And we stayed three years. My daughter was born there, and now I work in church full-time ministry. I would never have taken this step knowing all the details. We were just trusting God. Okay, we take the step. We know you called us out of our comfort zone. We're going because we trust you and we trust you even though we don't know the details. Noel, who is here with us tonight, will tell us a little bit about his story and how he became a worship leader because I think this is such a, a perfect story about this topic of not fearing and taking uh, steps of faith. You know, sometimes when we see people like Noel performing on stage and may, maybe you, you follow him on, on, on Instagram or wherever, you see that he's, uh, he's going around the world, he's, he's doing his, his thing everywhere. And so we look at it and, and we don't really know what the story is behind. And Noel's story in, uh, as a worship leader started 20 years ago when you decided that you would leave like the, the secular music world and, and go into, uh, to become a worship leader. And I can imagine, as I told uh, before, that you also had people around you who said, Noel, what are you doing? So tell us how this came about 20 years ago and how you went on this journey uh, of, of God, God taking you on this journey. Wow, my, my journey started when I was six, actually. So at six years old, I pick up a guitar. Uh, my dad's a guitarist. Uh, my mother had died. And um, my dad would play his guitar. And I just fell in love with watching him play. And then he gave me a guitar and I started playing. Now, the rest of my life was I wanted to be a musician. Everything I did was 
wanted to be a musician. I went to school, I studied, I played in an orchestra, I did just everything aiming at being a musician. And then that grew and grew and my name grew in many circles. And then one day, God spoke to me and he said, I've called you for the house. When he spoke to me, the problem was, was that at that time, big doors were opening, huge doors. And I was like, yes, I was created for this. I was made for this. And here comes this voice of God that is real and tangible. And he says, but I've called you for the house. Not everyone's called to the house, but me specifically. And there I was going, well, what does that mean? And I began to share it with my friends and they went, you're crazy. You're crazy. What do you mean, man? You've been preparing all your life to go through these big doors that are opening for you. What an amazing time. We can see you there doing what you do around the world. And even those closest to me, my dad, I love my dad. He's like one of my heroes. And my dad's saying, uh, you know, what are you doing? What do you mean you're going to go into full-time music ministry and serve God, you know, for church? And he goes, it's not possible. What are you going to say to your family? What are you doing? And I actually became discouraged because I thought because I heard the voice, they would, they would have gone, wow, this is good. Yeah, follow. But they're looking at who I was and what I've been able to achieve. And a fear really came up on me because I began to doubt whether I heard God's voice. And just like Peter taking that step, I knew I had to do it and I would not feel comfortable not doing what God's asked me to do. I'd never seen anyone do that. So for me, it was new. For many people, it was new. And like Peter, I took that step of faith on the water and I thought, well, I'm going to take that step of faith and they're going to see that God was speaking to me. They're going to see that God was speaking to me. That's a good rhyme. And, 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 And here I was going, yeah, but like Peter, I began to sink and they were going, told you. I was like, maybe you're right. But when I was thinking, a fear came on me that I would, I'd given up everything to walk this way. Because the moment I put my foot on the water and I realised that the opposite of fear is faith. And, and, I, and I began to apply faith because whether they believed in what God had said to me or not, I knew in my heart that, that he had spoken to me. And the reality, as I began to take this step of faith, there were some very, very difficult moments. But every time fear would come, God would bring me to a situation where I needed faith. And these small steps you were talking about, they started, some of them were very simple, that God would say, well, do A or do B. And, and I would go, oh, I'm going to look even more foolish <laughs> doing A and B. And there I would do it. And I found God began to change even some of the people around me. And 20 years later, I'm standing here in ICF as a worship leader. Now, you may think that it's just about singing and it's just about playing music. But actually, the moment I released the fear and embraced faith, was the moment the story of my life really began. When you take that step of faith, your life begins. Because the step of faith 
It doesn't, it doesn't work in your gifting. It's not your gifting, I realize. It was walking in the call of God, which is discovered. So you listening to my testimony, you may think it's just about plain notes. I was prepared to step out and to go to places that many of my friends could not go to, to stand in the House of Parliament in England. That's a big deal. Just Thursday, I was at the House of Parliament. They're having a massive debate about Brexit. And I was in a chapel underneath, the 14th century chapel, leading worship and prayer. How does that happen unless you take the step of faith and not allow fear to rise up? Wow, this is powerful. Let's give him a hand. So encouraging. You know, I love to hear the stories behind. Because so often we look at people and we think, well, this is just a, you know, it just happened. But there's so much more, just small steps of faith. Just, just going in, in faith, just believing God that he will come through. And so I asked Noel to sing this song that we already sang last Sunday, Fear Not. And I want you for the next couple of minutes just to open your heart to what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal you. Maybe you're here and you have fear in your life. You have anxiety. You know there, there are decisions to be taken uh, in the next couple of weeks or months or some, some decisions that you need to take to, to direct your life into another direction. Maybe you heard God speak to you, but you're not quite sure if you're ready to take this step. So open your heart and let these words just drop into your spirit. And after that, I will, I will pray and, and we'll, we'll do some practical steps how we can just let go of fear this afternoon and enter into the presence of God. trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain. I'm going to stand. Fear loves to limit you. Fear loves to keep you where you are. Fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else. Fear wants to shackle your pot 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 potential and fear always wants to limit you. The Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold. Please, don't give up. 